The global pandemic COVID-19 has affected all African countries. In this podcast, we're taking a closer look at some of the specific activities carried out by Red Cross to raise awareness and confine the virus. My name is Kasper Christensen, and this is Danish Red Cross responding to COVID-19 in Africa. For today's episode, I've invited Leah Christensen Nielsen, Junior DM Project Delegate in Ethiopia with Danish Red Cross, Isma Yusuf, Psychosocial Support Officer, and Sabah Samanj, Migrant and Restoring Family Links Officer, both with Ethiopian Red Cross Society, to talk about how they have been assisting returnees in quarantine sites during COVID-19. What kind of restrictions have they put in place and how are the restrictions affecting returnees? There are a state of emergency due to COVID is proclaimed and uh, for instance groceries are clo- and bars are closed. Public transportation systems are obliged to uh, load half of the actual capacity. Everybody should use face mask. Uh, this was also under the state of emergency. Since migrants are entering to their country, Ethiopia, from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Sudan, Beirut, Kuwait, Dubai, and different countries of the world, the one who can not afford to pay for hotels for 14 days or 7 days are quarantined as different quarantine centers organized by Ethiopian government. But when they spend some days in the quarantine centers, they will be in stress since they do not they don't know whether they are affected with the with the virus during their travel or not. So they have psychological problems, psychosocial problems. This is uh, what I see mm. uh, regarding to the deportees. They are coming with barefoot during their travel. They may have faced uh, problems, uh, especially the women, and uh, they are. Um, exposed to and they were the vulnerable the most vulnerable people in that situation and due to that they are feeling they are they have a mental health problem and i have seen that one also yeah and leah i know also uh, that the restrictions um for example, you you are supposed to to uh, go home, or you are supposed to go home after seven days and do the rest of your quarantine, so that you are in quarantine for fourteen days. But how is this working for for returnees? Yes. So in the beginning of uh, of COVID here in Ethiopia, there was a fourteen days uh, mandatory quarantine, and for for some people who arrive here in the country, they can afford to stay at these uh, designated hotels where they can do their quarantine time. Uh, while others, like the returnees, do not uh, have the means to pay for the hotels. So they are put in the quarantine centers they have uh, put in place. Now they have changed it from 14 days to 7 days. Um, and then after that you are supposed to go home and do the rest of your quarantine uh, at home. And it's a little bit interesting to see how they are actually going to carry this out because most of these returnees, they don't have a home to go back to. So they don't have a home necessarily where they can go into a room and self-isolate from the rest of the family for seven days. 
At the moment, the plan is to, uh, to test them on day six. If they have a negative test, they can go home. The government officials will uh, talk to the Bereda uh, health officers where they are from, the original places, to clarify if they have room for them at their families where they can self-isolate. But how it will actually be carried out is a little bit uncertain at, the, at this stage. And I think it will be a little bit challenging for, for a lot of people actually to find places where they can self-isolate. Many people are not coming from huge homes with a lot of different rooms where they can stay in there. So they will have to live with their family and then there will be a risk of, of spreading uh, the coronavirus. Mm. And how, when we are talking about the returnees, mm. uh, it would probably be good with some numbers. So um, how many returnees have arrived and are yet to arrive, of your knowledge, here in, in Ethiopia? So uh, in all of Ethiopia since April 1st, 20,000 returnees arrived all over the country. So not only here in Addis Ababa where we are, but also in, in, in the other regions uh, crossing into Sudan and uh, Djibouti and other countries. Um, we also know that there around 15,000 uh, are ready to, to be returned back to Ethiopia. So we are expecting these people to arrive at one point. We don't know when they will arrive, but the Ethiopia Red Cross is ready to, to respond at the airport and in the quarantine site to give them the assistance they need. So we are expecting a huge number of, of people to arrive. It's just very uncertain when they will arrive. Mm. And um, Saba, you already mentioned you know, the situation uh, around these returnees. Some arrived barefoot. Um, what are the needs? of the returnees when they arrive in Ethiopia? As soon as they reach to the airport, we are providing, the, since they are hungry and they are feeling thirsty, we are providing the water water and the biscuits at the airport on arrival. But in the quarantine centers, uh, in addition to the phone call service, since they have to keep themselves to, from COVID, so we are providing the dignity and hygiene kits uh, in the quarantine centers mm. uh, and the Danish Red Cross has supported us, the, supported the Ethiopian Red Cross Society at our branch. The dignity and hygiene kits, around 17,000 dignity and hygiene kits and we are providing that uh, mm. for all the returnees who are under the governmental quarantine centers. Mm. Um, also, the hygiene and dignity kits that you uh, are giving out, mm -hmm. would you maybe explain what is in what is in these kits? The dignified kits has uh, has, has occupied the body soap, laundry soap, uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, and it's also uh, hand towel, small hand towel, and uh, also for women there are, there is there are sanitary parts in it. Mm. Yeah. So everything you really need to to uh, keep a good hygiene yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. be in it the quarantine site. It is fulfilled to keep their hygiene. Uh, the kit is fulfilled with the mm. necessary materials. So, for for people to understand, returnees they often arrive uh, empty-handed with no luggage. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have the a toilet uh, toilet paper or a toothbrush. Uh, I have missed the toilet paper. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no. Yeah. So many arrive without these uh, necessary items, so these very basic items, uh, and then they're put in quarantine for, for 7 or 14 days. Okay. 
uh, why it's very important that we provide them with toilet paper and toothbrush and sanitary pads for the women. So they have a, a more dignified uh, quarantine period. At least they have access to that and also the soap so they can actually live up to some of these hygiene messages that we are providing them with. Um, which is very important to, to curb the spread of uh, COVID. After we provide all the services in the quarantine centers, we to know their satisfaction. We are collecting the post-distribution monitoring and uh, most of, uh, I can say all of, all of, all of the returnees are very satisfied with our services. Ethiopia Red Cross Society also received a certificate of recognition from the Ministry of Foreign yeah. Affairs. Yeah for the work you're doing with returnees during COVID-19. Mm. I think that's a good uh, acknowledgement of the, the work you're doing. And I guess also uh, many returnees uh, might have very little information on COVID-19 yeah, and, and maybe yeah. why they're taken to uh, quarantine sites. Yeah. So how do, you, um, how do you help them, yeah. you know, raising awareness on the situation? Yeah, in addition to the, the services that I mentioned before, we are providing also the PSAs, psychosocial support, to cope with their situation and uh, creating awareness regarding COVID-19 by giving leaflets to read them, to read in, in their home, in their uh, room. When people arrive in Ethiopia, many of them have no knowledge about COVID-19 or any preventive measures put in place, for example, the physical distancing or why they are subject to a 14- or 7-day mandatory quarantine. Why it's very important that the volunteers are informing the returnees upon arrival that they have to ensure that they have keep the physical distance, that they have the hygiene measures in place, and also explain them very detailed why they will have to stay at these quarantine sites. Why is psychosocial support uh, important during COVID-19? Uh, COVID-19 uh, is not affecting uh, our physical health only. People are getting affected with the stress. Uh, so the stress is uh, making them panic and uh, they may be uh, yeah, they may take uh, wrong actions like uh, you may hear that people uh, take uh, some alcohols and they get died because of the stress so we need to spread the right message to take care of themselves and uh, they need to uh, uh, decrease their uh, uh, browsing of uh, information for covid you, ha you, do you don't need to browse for the whole day. You have to reduce the content and the frequency of listening the news. So they have to reduce that to manage their stress. And also they have to communicate with their families through phone calls like that, rather than going to visit their families like that. So stress is critical for COVID. And also they need to uh, beat the rumors, our staff and volunteers need to spread the right message so people can uh, uh, get the right information. So. This COVID situation has trained, uh, changed everything you have to do in a response, right? So usually we will train uh, the volunteers and the staff needed, which we also have done this time. But this time it was very different because you also had to keep in place these uh, the physical distancing. So we had uh, a huge room with the volunteers and staff sitting far from each other. And all these things uh, are changing the way we have to do a response. And I think that is it's quite interesting to see how fast we were at adopting that and how fast we also were at conducting these trainings. 
I think the benefit from being here in Ethiopia was that the coronavirus hit Europe a little bit before, so we had a little bit of time to prepare. So we knew that some of these preventive measures would, would arrive here in Ethiopia as well. So already at the end of March, we had conducted the trainings here in, uh, in Addis Ababa. Uh, yeah, and also in the branches. Um, which was very uh, important because right after that, right after we had the trainings done, the government put in place that maximum four people are allowed to be gathered, which is challenging when you have to do a training because that would mean one trainer and what the three uh, volunteers and staff which would take a long time and would be quite difficult to do. So I think one of the, the benefits and also really good asset that Ethiopia Red Cross and Danish Red Cross were very fast at responding and putting in place these trainings so we could uh, be able to do the response. Our volunteers also get trained how they can take care of themselves. So uh, we just discuss and orient them uh, how to take care of them. They have to get uh, enough sleep and they have to get some exercise after work. So before we deploy together volunteers and the staffs, there is a debriefing in the start and after they finish their activities also there is some discussion for 5-10 minutes so our volunteers and the staff are taking, taking good of themselves so they can work uh, yeah, with uh, great strength in the next day mm -hmm. and I think yeah because the volunteers are the core of this response right um, and I think they have been put, like, put under a lot of pressure also from, from their relatives and their communities and saying you are putting yourself at risk actually going to these quarantine sites because that is the that's how people see it and then they're saying but then you're putting us at risk here in your in your home communities because you're bringing the disease home mm -hmm. and i think it's it's an important job for the volunteers also to inform their home communities and saying but i'm actually wearing a mask i'm keeping my distance i'm keeping the hygiene high I am protected. I'm not bringing the disease home, um, but it is very important that these returnees are supported in the quarantine sites, and that is why I'm doing this. So I think it's very, it's very brave, but it's also really important to to stress how important these volunteers have been and how how good they have been. And I think it's a it's a lot to do with Saba, who knows these volunteers very well and been working with them for a long time. That. As Ismail said, that they have this briefing, that they get this information, so they feel secure, so they can also make sure that their relatives feel secure about them carrying out this work. And you have been assisting how many? 16,000? No, yeah. 16,000. Yeah. Wow. 16,000. And is that only in Addis Ababa or is that also uh, the branches? No, it is only in Addis Ababa. How is the um, response in other places? Uh, Danish Red Cross is also supporting uh, three other branches with the COVID response and the situation there is, is quite different from the one in, in Addis. They have uh, also quarantine centers there, which are also in most places in, in schools. Uh, they have also reported that they lack uh, most of the basic things. They have Some places do not have access to, to water, they don't have blankets, they don't have mattresses. Why? Uh, Ethiopia Red Cross is now supporting with some of these NFIs that are, are lagging in these sites. Uh, in addition to that, we are also uh, really trying to raise the awareness of COVID-19 and the preventive measures. We're doing this through uh, megaphone, but also through house-to-house -house visits. Uh, 
uh, where we have volunteers going from house to house with the COVID-19 messages and are able to answer some of the questions the communities might have about this uh, disease that they have heard about maybe a little bit and maybe also to to stop some of the rumors or misunderstandings that have been around, uh, around uh, COVID-19. Ismail, uh, would you maybe say a bit about how you have been assisting returnees uh, in the other branches uh, before COVID-19? Yeah, uh, before COVID-19 uh, uh, we have uh, a developmental project uh, entitled Assistance and Resilience Assist Assistance and Resilience Vulnerable Returnees and their communities a VR RDC project so uh, we have uh, a livelihood component and the sexual uh, component also social cohesion part so it's an uh, integrated uh, kind of model so we are supporting returnees uh, with livelihood grant with training like a business skill and uh, something related with business how they can assess the market how they can select a profitable uh, business and also, besides that, we also provide uh, sexual support like uh, lay counseling. Our field uh, PSS officers provide lay counseling, psychoeducation, because returnees uh, have a lot of issues uh, on their journey. They, are, they have high debt, and uh, on their journey, they witnessed days of their friends. So they need some, some uh, such kind of sexual support. Mm -hmm. So we are providing lay counseling, psychoeducation, and uh, kind of group sessions, and. Uh, uh, recreational activities in our safe space mm -hmm. so they can uh, uh, have friends, they can enjoy, they can read, they can play games and they can access free Wi-Fi so uh, we are providing such kind of service for returnees. Mm -hmm. And that one is also, is it still being provided now during COVID-19? Uh, with this uh, COVID-19 period uh, all activities are not uh, going well uh, we stopped group counseling, uh, games like uh, uh, table soccer, they cannot play anymore because of the emergency of state and for their sake of health. So we stopped some activities. Uh, they only access uh, lay counseling with keeping the distance with our PSS officers and they can read books and magazines and only they can uh, access Wi-Fi keeping the distance in the compound so service is not as usual so to confine the virus of yeah course. yeah to confine the virus we are uh, adjusting activities and also when they enter to the safe space they have to wash their hands with soap and uh, water uh, by tippy tops they with a foot pedal then after they can stay there and uh, they can when they get when they exit also they wash their hands and get out so we are taking a uh, serious the measures, the precautionary measures, and also we trained uh, our volunteers, our uh, PSS field officers, our staffs, and religious leaders who are working with us about risk communication and community engagement. So they are uh, using the existing structure of uh, migration project uh, with the COVID-19 uh, response. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing at the quarantine sites and uh, thank you for uh, participating today in this podcast. It's been really interesting to hear about how, uh, how you're working with returnees and how you are providing them with important NFIs to uh, help them uh, cope with the situation. The COVID-19 response in quarantine sites is implemented by Ethiopian Red Cross Society 
in partnership with ICRC and Danish Red Cross. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Danish Red Cross.